Randomness Galore. Welcome to yet another episode of Randomness Galore. In today's episode, we plan to take stock of current COVID situation. The condition in India seems to be improving. Our recovery percentage has touched 90% and we seem to have actually flattened the curve. वो कहते हैं ना हिंदी में दिल्ली पास लगने लगी है वाइल दीज नंबर्स आर एनकरेजिंग द अपडेट्स फ्रॉम यूरोप आर डिस्टर्बिंग एज वी डिस्कस कोविड टुडे जर्मनी हैज जॉइंड रेस्ट ऑफ द यूरोपियन नेशन इन इम्पोजिंग लेटेस्ट सेट ऑफ रेस्ट्रिक्शंस एज अ रिजल्ट ऑफ सेकेंड वेव ऑफ कोविड वाइल यू एस इज लुकिंग एट अ थर्ड वेव एंड इट इज क्लोज टू रिकॉर्डिंग अनादर न्यू डेली हाई ऑफ कोविड नंबर्स and considering our maturity of health infrastructure and economic condition we as a nation can absolutely not afford another wave while many people have started uh, lauding india's covid response considering the current numbers and they keep saying that our mortality rates are lower than anybody else in uh, the world but i think this doesn't paint an accurate picture it is like that story you know where two statisticians go duck hunting one shoots 3 meter to the left of the duck while the other shoots 3 meter to the right of the duck so in mean they have shot the duck but still they have nothing on their dinner so if we take a closer look at the mortality numbers by age what it reveals is the fact that the only reason our mortality rate is low is because our average age is low and the mortality rate for covid for lower age groups is low so i am not uh, really sold by the argument that our response has been better than many other nations so to discuss the covid and take a stock of our response today we have with us surbhi she is one of my very old friends and she is from mumbai the maximum city while maximum city mumbai is maximum in many good things it has also had the dubious honor of being maximum in terms of per square kilometer covid cases and in terms of the number of covid cases from an individual city and surbhi has seen it all and seen it first hand surbhi welcome to the show hi kana thanks for having me so what makes this interview uh, today super relevant is the fact that she has seen uh, the entire covid thing very closely and she has seen it from the eyes of commoners up close unlike the accounts of uh, covid battles of celebrities and eminent personalities uh, this is the one that tells us what to expect and how how the things are working on on ground level and uh, this this makes us um, you know realize what is happening out there for us commoners so surbhi uh, tell us more about your experience your day to day symptoms your treatment what kept you hopeful during the course or to rephrase it what were your fears and your hopes during the time that you had infection and how did you cope with it so um it's been nearly 2 months since i was infected with coronavirus and uh, well one thing i would like to mention is that every everybody's uh, experience with coronavirus is different um depending on which age group you belong in which which part of the country you are in uh, what are the what is the infrastructure and uh, treatment available in that part of the country and yeah so uh, i will 
share my experience and um, so it's uh, it's difficult to say uh, how i got infected or who i caught the infection from um, because everyone that i came in contact with or at least everyone that i know <laughs> that i came in contact with uh, did not show any symptom of infection immediately before or after uh, i developed symptoms now um, i had made several mistakes um, because of which obviously i got infected um, so i got my first symptom exactly 5 days after ganesh chaturthi which is a which is one of the major festivals in maharashtra um so um public gatherings were not allowed in ganesh chaturthi but uh, just like thousands of people i thought that maybe i could uh, visit just one relatives or one close friends house and it will be just like five or 10 of us there and uh, we'll we'll take all precautions we'll wash our hands afterwards we'll we'll wear mask outdoors but we don't need to wear mask indoors because all of us are fine and um so so nothing will happen so yeah i just visited one friend's house and uh, five days later i got a feeling of um, shivering and body ache and that was a night before i had fever so next morning when i had fever i consulted my doctor and uh, my doctor prescribed me some medicines and also um, just as a precaution uh, advised me to take test for malaria um, i tested for malaria it was negative um and doctor's medicines worked well to keep my fever down um so for the next 3 days when i was uh, taking my course of uh, medicines uh, i was if a if a but uh, i had unusual headache for 3 days um so and after that i i got a bit of irritation in throat uh my voice became a bit huskier and uh, five days later five days after i had fever uh, i got terrible cold and by this time i had already booked appointment for um, covid and uh, unfortunately i i got appointment for three days later than the day i had called in the private lab because i wasn't feeling so unwell that i couldn't function well um i thought it's probably nothing i'm just uh, taking the test as a precaution um which is why it was a big shock for me when i received my reports and first thing that came on my mind was my parents mm-hmm. i i stay with uh, my parents who are both above 55 years now and my dad is comorbid and is very vulnerable to the disease um so my second mistake was uh, not distancing myself uh from from uh my family members when i wasn't feeling well and i was clearly having symptoms mm-hmm. um so we uh we have one toilet and bathroom at my house uh, which uh, which the three of us share so so yeah we had dined together uh, and also we had watched tv together or basically we had done everything uh, every like followed the routine that our family follows in a day mm-hmm. and so it was immediate uh, panicking situation for me thinking about my parents mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so after i received the report as per my uh, uh, doctor i was supposed to receive a call from bmc official who will decide my further course of action 
uh, which I did not receive uh, the call. I, I, I did not receive the call for next two hours, but um, I, I could not wait any longer. So we called BMC office and informed them about my report. So apparently they get the list of COVID patients at the beginning of the day. So uh, my name would have appeared only in the next day's list. Um, but I couldn't afford to make any more mistakes now. So um, we called them. And since we have common toilet bathroom at house, uh, at my home, uh, I, I was advised to shift out of house. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, I was uh, I, I, I was under the category of mild symptomatic. Um, and I did not need hospitalization. So I was shifted uh, to a nearby government quarantine facility. Um, you know, we have heard a lot about all these government uh, facilities and the mismanagement there. Did you, mm -hmm. did you actually see anything wrong going on there or something that pestered you? Or, or was it like the media is just exaggerating the mismanagement thing there? Uh, what was your experience like? Um, okay, so there were both pros and cons of the government facility. Uh, I would say some of the good things i observed there um first of all 24 7 availability of nurses and paramedics and uh, doctors used to come for rounds twice a day and they used to prescribe medicines as per the symptoms uh, experienced by different patients ambulances were available 24 7. so medical attention was available free of cost to everyone that was admitted there Mm -hmm. And it's commendable how hard the staff was working. So yes, uh, that was something uh, something that was uh, really good about this uh, facility. However, on the other hand, infrastructure-wise, uh, at least the facility that I was put in, uh, the situation there was scary to say the least. Mm -hmm. I mean. Uh, more than 50 patients uh, sharing washrooms and uh, uh, the the room where uh, rooms where uh, we were put in were uh, extremely congested there was no ventilation no light and uh, you know one day there was no water in the washroom oh. till till six mm -hmm. in the evening um, so for me it was like both mental as well as physiologically being there in that in such a place was a challenge in itself and something that not uh, not most of us are not used to and dealing with the fact that i was actually covid positive and i was among the amongst the people who were covid positive which is a highly infectious um, disease was actually a secondary uh, thing to deal with compared to this situation. Mm -hmm. uh, however, one relief for me was that both my parents tested negative. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, and that was a big relief and I felt much better after that. Um, and after spending five days in uh, the government facility, I shifted to hotel isolation facility. Of course, after consultation uh, with the doctor and with uh, a doctor's permission. But that was because um, um, I was mild symptomatic and I was in an age group where medical attention uh, was not crucial. And uh, so yeah, hotel isolation was, I would say, much better uh, in terms of hygiene. Uh, and my major symptoms had subsided by then. 
um i still had minor symptoms uh, like nasal con- congestion or throat irritation i had uh, no sense of taste and smell and this was uh, after 10 days since my first symptom so mm-hmm. we can say uh, the worst had passed mm-hmm. um so after that it was mainly a mental challenge being in isolation away from family mm-hmm. um of course some days were better than others um on some days i used to develop some new condition which was usually a reaction to one of the many many medicines i was prescribed to uh, because of different symptoms that i developed uh, some days i used to feel more tired or get a feeling of discomfort in chest after talking too much to some with someone and although my oxygen levels were good um so uh, yeah i i during this time i continued uh, doing my uh, uh breathing exercises yoga asanas which are really helpful and uh, you know uh, advise uh, advise to everyone to follow irrespective of whether uh, they are facing this situation or not because it's it was very important to uh, feel positive and mm-hmm. yes meditation really helps uh, uh, feel positive and uh, be optimistic in the situation again physiologically i would say this experience experience differs from person to person mm-hmm. i have seen some comorbid uh, 55 year olds being asymptomatic or some uh, much younger people developing serious symptoms after 7 days so you know research has explained uh, a lot about how this virus mutates or progress progresses once in its inside uh, the respiratory system of a human um and and ideally after uh, after 7 to 10 days uh, our body starts de- uh, developing antibodies mm-hmm. um to fight the virus and so getting palpitations is very normal and it's actually a good sign and it's a sign that your your body is uh, putting up a good fight Mm-hmm. um yeah so this much is uh, so there are a lot of things that are known but again there is so much that's unknown about why it affects different people differently like i i explained uh, the symptoms that uh, that i experienced and yes there is a list of symptoms that are that are, that are commonly observed in uh, covid patients but the order in which different people experience different symptoms is again very different and okay. uh, there is no uh, medicine that can kill the virus or cure the disease um we we take medicines to help our body fight the symptoms so it's like why this why this uh, disease is not to be taken like lightly i would say is because you know it's it's the suffering is not much uh, like there are many other diseases wherein people suffer more um but in case of coronavirus it's like it's a game of 21 days and 21 days later if if we are still breathing we are made it and mm-hmm. if not then there are no treatments or surgeries or medicines that can probably postpone one's death uh by so many months or years or so 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 it's very very much possible that a person is well and hearty and um it seems fine for for 7 days 
um, um, when he gets infected and 21 days later he's, he's just not there anymore. So that is why uh, this is so deadly and frightening and continues to be a mental challenge. Uh, especially when someone is staying away from family or loved ones or somebody's loved ones are uh, uh, hospitalized. So, you know, um, since mental health is uh, another topic that is uh, talked about so much, uh, especially this year, mm -hmm. um, I would say this is uh, one of those situations uh, in which one, each one of us can really uh make a change um and help someone deal with uh uh deal with uh you know um, uh, mental challenges and help them for mental well-being uh, so in case if you know anybody uh who is going through the situation themselves or uh, having their loved ones uh facing this situation um one you will have no idea what your one text or call might mean to someone mm -hmm. so yeah if if uh you know we we talk a lot about uh mental well-being and we keep posting and there's so much talks going on about uh one should seek help and uh, there's so much help available and there's social awareness going on around this uh we at our level can help people in this uh very common situation nowadays by just you know um checking in on them when they're facing this situation so so it's as much a physical battle as it is a exactly. mental battle right yeah yeah right so i think uh, this account is super helpful and i hope uh, this account of yours of how you you know dealt with corona over 21 days uh, will help our listeners kind of be aware of what to expect and how not to panic mm -hmm. um, uh, but now moving on to the topic of vaccines because that seems to be the most immediate solution to to the whole uh, episode mm -hmm. these vaccines have been ever elusive right and as far as the you know um progress on these vaccines is considered every now and then there's a there's a newspaper article which says abhi aur lagega, abhi aur lagega. so it's it's like that ever eluding peak of the trails wherein you just ask uh, your uh, trail uh, guide ki bhaiya bata do yaar peak kitna dur hai and he keeps saying ki bas aagya, bas aagya. and the vaccine seems to be as away as it was in the in the in the month of april maybe um what do you think and and what do you think once we have the vaccine will it be like a single solution to the um whole covid situation and will we go back to normalize the day we take vaccine or what, what do you think it is going to be like once we have that peak or once we are there because honestly we are not sure when will we be there but but uh we can at least expect what to expect after we have those uh, vaccines, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, vaccines, I mean, the entire world is an anticipation of a vaccine on COVID-19, right? But, um, you know, there are a lot of things that we don't really, we are not really aware of. Uh, when it comes to vaccines and uh, you know first of all we must understand what is the 
goal behind uh, the vaccines that are being developed um, because the goals can be a uh, number of different things i mean it can be completely eradicating uh, the the disease uh, in which case the the vaccine has to be 100% efficient um, or it can be just reducing the number of symptomatic cases mm-hmm. or it can be uh, to reduce the severity of the cases um, so it can be number of things so currently because there is so much anticipation there is so much um, competition between pharmaceutical companies there is so much political meddling and also there is um, in urgent need of ending the pandemic so that um, the the uh, livelihoods can come back to normal or near normal so right now the the uh, goal is to reduce uh, the number of symptomatic cases and not necessarily the number of severe cases or the cases that need hospitalization or can end in deaths uh, because if if that's the case um, researchers have suggested if if the the goal is to reduce the severity of cases then probably it will take more time or the sample size uh, for for trials should be much more um but if the goal is say to reduce the total symptomatic cases um estimate is that uh, out of the population that gets vaccinated um eventually the communities will develop herd immunity which means uh, the ones who are vulnerable to the disease uh, they will develop some amount of protection against the severity of the disease so they they might not uh, develop uh, severe symptoms so herd immunity is something that is being looked at now um there are two things um efficacy and effectiveness of the vaccine these are two different things okay so uh, efficacy is of the vaccine is basically if if the efficacy of vaccine is 60% it means that uh, out of 100 people who are vaccinated 60% people will develop immunity and 40% people might not develop immunity got it okay mm-hmm. so this is the efficacy of vaccine and effectiveness will mean uh, it how much a, a protection it will actually provide under real world circumstances so suppose um, if the vaccine was uh, developed when the uh, infected population was close to 0% okay mm-hmm. and the entire population was then vaccinated mm-hmm. and in that situation 60% efficient vaccine could end the completely end the, the outbreak got it so that is the idealistic situation mm-hmm. uh, obviously we are nowhere close to that right mm-hmm. um so in india it is uh, to get approval for covid-19 vaccine uh, the vaccine should be at least 50% efficient which means uh, uh, out of the population uh, vaccinated 50% population might not develop immunity which which uh, if we see this uh, rate it's not very impressive right mm. um, also its effectiveness will depend on number of uh, 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 number of factors um such as how much uh, how much population is already um uh, already infected what is the current rate of uh, spread of disease mm-hmm. and uh, uh, how much how fast can we uh, uh, 
vaccinate the entire population now again in country like india with such diverse demographics and such dense population it is unrealistic to expect that entire population will be vaccinated within handful of months um, so the key here is um, if the virus spread the rate of virus spread um, outstrips the rate of immunization or rate of vaccination then the protection from vaccine will be very limited mm. so that's the reality of it um and that's why uh, getting a vaccine is not the ultimate solution uh, but uh, stopping the spread of virus or reducing the rate of spread is more important uh, than getting a vaccine or getting the entire population vaccinated um and there are few more things that that are you know uh, being stated as concerns uh, like is three months or six months or even a year uh, is that time sufficient uh, to ensure the efficiency or safety of uh, vaccine because um, in history the fastest uh, vaccine that was completely successful uh, was developed in four years and usually vaccines take five years for development uh, uh to ensure the efficiency and safety now again here so many things uh like so many so much of administrative work can be fast-tracked and because because uh the entire world's uh focus right now is to get uh the vaccine ready so yeah it that those timelines can be crunched but uh there are certain uh protocols to be followed for trials and or to observe the long-term effects of the vaccine um is one year or six months or even three months is that enough um to to get the results i mean uh so polio vaccine requires um three dosages uh, to be nearly 100% effective or vaccine for measles uh, is 90 93% effective after one dose and 97% effective after two doses so do we have any information as to how much uh, how how long this uh, immunity will last once we get uh, vaccinated for coronavirus um will we require another another dosage and when will we require another dosage so on that front again there is a lack of clarity and that's why uh you know getting getting this vaccine um of course i'm not saying that uh, uh it's it's uh, of no value getting uh, a vaccine with 50 percent efficiency uh in in so uh in 2021 um yes it will help uh reduce the if it helps reduce the spread of disease if it helps livelihoods to come back to normal to businesses to pick up um well that's what we need and that's that's of great value to everyone mm -hmm. but that's not the end of it and the stopping the spread uh taking precautions to um uh, stop the spread is just equally if not more important this this comes as a bummer in fact to me because i was of the opinion that you know once the vaccines are available in the market you take a shot and boom you are back to your life normal yeah. like you were there before the covid but yeah this this seems to be an eye opener
So, I mean, vaccine doesn't seem like an ultimate answer to the disease, mm-hmm. right? Right. But there definitely are going to be some lessons from this whole episode that we need to learn, and there are certain steps which we can probably uh, take to avoid or at least control the impact of such situations going forward in the future. And what I feel is the fact that the response in India was severely set back by the fact that local bodies, which are actually responsible for on-ground response, Mm -hmm. do not have their own direct sources of revenue with Octroy Guan and uh, low revenue from property taxes. Even even the collection of property taxes is uh, rather inefficient. You know, if even you do not pay taxes, uh, the local bodies do not have a way to track properly as to who paid taxes, who didn't. You know, these are largely dependent on center for their revenue. And once you do not have uh, your own uh, source of revenue, it's difficult for you to be responsible or accountable for the actions which you are supposed to take. Uh, Do you think uh, this is one of the major problems? And even the fact that per square kilometer uh, population in India is so high, so, Surbi, uh, what do you think? Uh, is it the big ticket items, those we should be focusing on, like, you know, uh, reforms in terms of uh, our local administrations or FSI laws? Or is it something, um, you know, which we as individuals can change that we should first focus on? Because, you know, uh, the change begins at home. That is what they say. Uh, what is your opinion on this? Yeah, so... um uh about this i would say on one hand uh we cannot compare uh indian government's uh response to the situation with uh major taken measures taken in other countries and their outcomes um because that wouldn't be an apple to apple comparison and uh and and certain uh uh things like you know the way uh dharavi area was contained uh that was a crucial uh, management project um which is being praised and studied all of, all over the world right now so yes that is that is there but on the other hand of course as citizens we have every right to uh, raise the concerns the kind of concerns that you just raised in fact um, those are still you know a uh, uh, quite uh, concerns at bigger level i would say there are many um ground level operational questions that are yet to be answered uh, for example you know even in hot spots why the buildings and hot houses are not being sanitized or there are no sanitization drives that are happening or or what are the measures being taken to ensure like, prevention of scams and unethical practices in some of the medical facilities um so yeah this is this uh covid is is a much bigger issue and um it requires different kinds of discussions or not just discussions in fact a unified voice from the citizens and also media um and i feel that over last few months uh we have kind of strayed away from this discussion um having said that I would also say that we can't only practice our rights and ignore responsibilities and expect government to get things under control. I mean, there are people out there who refuse to isolate themselves because 
because you know they're they're simply more worried about their livelihoods which is an another agonizing uh, reality however uh, it isn't helping the situation and then there are people well educated people who are not following protocols not wearing masks in public or just wandering around in public with full knowledge of being carriers um so before anybody else uh, there are definitely some questions that all of us should ask ourselves about our civic sense our responsibilities and i'm still referring to well educated strata of society i mean uh, making the illiterate section of the society aware and responsible is yet another task and and i think it's not just about our civic sense it's 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 basically common sense or or a sense that a, a, any human should have uh, that you know probably if one is young and healthy there are chances that they will recover from this disease but why would anybody want to be a reason of uh, getting someone else infected someone who might not make it alive um, after 3 weeks after suffering from this disease so that it it all comes to that you know so um all in all i would say mine would be not mine would not be a, a first covid story that you must have heard uh, and and my my story isn't tragic in any sense um and also you know uh, we are on a declining uh, graph right now as the, the cases number of cases um are declining uh, on daily basis so there is a there is a overall uh, rush of uh, hope and you know uh, all around and i think that's what is getting us carried away especially now during festive seasons so i think now it's a good news that uh, the number of cases are decreasing but uh, now is the time that we need to be more careful than ever uh, because second wave could be more dangerous and so um all i hope is that after listening to my experience if probably anybody thinks of their parents or grandparents or or neighbors who might go through worse then uh, i just hope that uh, the the listener tries to be more responsible thanks surbi uh, indeed this was a quite informative episode and i hope this will help our listeners take a stock on current situation and help them understand covid a little better and be less anxious towards the whole situation thank you again thank you so much